0: Hello world of the internet, my name is Simon Miller and it's an absolute pleasure for you to join me on this Wednesday night. If you don't know, we usually do my pro wrestling podcast live around about 2pm on a Wednesday but I had to be out today and I don't let stuff like that stop me. So I thought, right, well as soon as I get in and you know, make myself prepared, put some food in me, we'll do a late night pro wrestling podcast and who knows, maybe this does really well and we always do it at 9pm on a Wednesday, I'd say Tuesday, not Tuesday at all. Uh, it's Wednesday, but we will find out. Uh, if you are uh, brand new to this, it's literally my Pro Wrestling podcast. You can go check out on all the archives. Uh, just search for Simon's Progress Wrestling podcast on all podcasting apps. They're all on YouTube as well, or at least a lot of them are on YouTube. Some are. One day I'll I'll, uh, I'll get that uh, I'll get that updated. Also, quick plug as always. Uh, everything I do on my own personal channel here is supported by Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller three sixteen. Link in the description below. Ian, if you can give a dollar. It makes all this uh, worth it. And also, a quick shout out to the Podcast of Destruction. Because before I even started, that brother had dropped a dollar in the super chat. When you drop something in the dollar chat, in the super chat, you get a, a, get a hand a hand on the heart. Also saw my man Tom Anson in the chat. Shout out to Tom, my man. Always supported of the channel. Always a good dude. Let's just do it. Let's settle down. We will answer some questions in the second half of the podcast. But for starters, we got to talk. Well, I think let's, we're going to talk about Dean Ambrose and Bane. I've got so much to say about that. But... Uh, let's talk about the news that broke earlier today. I only saw it about an hour ago, because like I guess I've been out and about today. But the Dynamite the Dynamite kid did pass away. I believe he was 60 years old. The quick report that I saw mentioned that he'd been in quite ill health. I think the actual phrase was the last two years have been really unkind to his health. So, in a way, I guess that it's good that he's no longer in pain. Nobody wants that. But also it sucks, right? If you've been through the dynamite kid's career, you know it was I mean, amazing, a trailblazer, a trendsetter when it comes to wrestling. I'm sure a lot of people that are into wrestling today and giving us the, uh, the the format or the the style that we're used to, you know, in large part, play credit to him, or at least he was a part of that chain, and, and it sucks, you know, I know he had, there were some other controversies in his life, I know he's very estranged from the world of pro wrestling before all was said and done, but look, he was a, a gatekeeper, right, for many reasons, so I think it's only, to, but only fair to do it anyway, but it's... It's important to it's only fair to make that stuff known, regardless of what anybody thinks about him. And again, yeah, passed away. There'll be news articles everywhere now, I'm sure. Don't know whether WWE would run a tribute to him. They really should, but you know, some people have unfortunately passed away and WWE hasn't. So we will wait and see. We will wait and see, but yes, you know, so rest in peace, Dynamite Kid. Obviously, all my thoughts and well wishes with his family, friends. And all that kind of stuff, uh, it kind of happens too much, really, in wrestling, doesn't it? It feels like we can't go a few months without somebody passing away. But hey, look, he had an amazing career up to a point, obviously, when he got when he got injured. And again, if he was in super pain the last couple of months, the last couple of years, I should say, then sometimes it's just nice to know someone's not in pain anymore. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Let's move on to Raw SmackDown and everything else that's been going on in the world of pro wrestling. The most hilarious thing, and the thing I want to chat about... Is what the that's why I titled this. I don't even think this title is going to do well in terms of a YouTube video, but it's made me laugh so much over the last 48 hours that I don't care. I'm going all in in with this on my podcast. There is no way. I I don't know what happened, I don't know if somebody pitched this idea to Dean Ambrose, or if Dean Ambrose came up with it himself, which, way it worked, at one point, someone said, look, man, if we're doing that, just be Bane, because that sheepskin jacket type thing he was wearing on Raw, there is no two ways about it, that was Bane from the Dark Knight Riders, that was Tom Hardy's Bane, even the mask obviously was Bane-esque, I would imagine someone told him he had to wear a mask, and he thought, well, I'm going to do that, I'm at least going to portray Bane, now, I actually liked it to a point, I thought the air raid sirens, and the way he came out with all his cronies was actually quite creepy, I thought the look was quite creepy, And I thought it tied into this Dean Ambrose heel character. What it absolutely did do was the opposite of stuff we'd done with Roman Reigns. In the sense that with Roman Reigns, when he left The Shield, he kind of didn't go anywhere. I know this isn't the first time that um, Dean Ambrose has left The Shield, but now he's a heel character, at least it was going to have traits where you go, okay, there's good guy Dean Ambrose, and there's bad guy Dean Ambrose. And I'm not saying that we should... Uh, you know, when someone goes heel, you should just flick a switch because that's too in your face as well. It needs to be a balance. When you go heal, you still need to be the same person. There just has to be mini traits that shift your character. If you if you go too 180 with it, it's too cheesy. The problem. Quick shout out as well to my man Lewis Matson the super chat. Get hand on heart and the most amazing name ever, W Gag Gag Gift Studios. Bail at Robert C. You can call yourself whatever you want on YouTube. I respect you. Um, yeah, but the problem I had with the Dean Ambrose, I like it. It's only one week in. You can allow some time to refine this you know, new stuff, especially in December, which we're going to get to in a minute talking about December. But when he starts talking, when he's wearing the gas mask, not just to be creepy or when the reason is because he doesn't want to get any diseases by the hometown crowd that he's in, that is too, it's too low rent for me to buy into a creepy character because really what's happened is... He's just playing the stereotypical heel that we've seen for the last, what, 30, 40 years? You go to somebody's hometown and you rag on it for a while. There ain't nothing wrong with that. A few months ago, Kevin Owens and Elias absolutely smashed that by doing exactly that. So it's difficult for me to say that it was a mistake. But with that said, it's not working yet. It takes away from the creepiness. As soon as he takes the mask off and starts going, I don't want measles, he didn't say that. but You know, I don't want dysentery, he did say that. It's like, well, that's not cool. That's, in fact, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely ridiculous. It takes away his edge. Now, again, oh, man, shout out to my man Inez Reynolds in the Super Chat. Loads of love in the Super Chat today. appreciate it. Um, now, of course, it is better and far more comfortable. I don't think they mentioned the whole Roman Reigns stuff on Raw. That's good. Uh, I was I know that Dave Meltzer reported that maybe they were going to double down on that. But maybe they will. I don't know why I paused there. I was just trying to think of my words. But maybe they will. But at least... Well, I'd rather this. My point is, I'd rather that than Roman Reigns stuff. I don't like the Roman Reigns stuff. It's uh, it's too uncomfortable. They go back to that. Okay, well, you know my feelings on it. If not, you can go back in the archive and listen to any of my episodes where I cover it. But it's just not a good. It's just not a heel character I can hate. I can't hate you because you don't want diseases. I don't even really care if you're going to say, you know, your stupid you people are stupid. I'm like, oh, that doesn't bother me. It's too lightweight. And this ties into the whole Daniel Bryan thing as well. Now, Daniel Bryan was amazing on SmackDown. He got a golden up on ups and downs. You haven't seen it. Head over to What Cultural Wrestling when we're done here. Check it out. But he gets a golden up. He gets golden up because his promo was amazing. The stuff he was saying he was amazing. The fact we tied the Miz stuff into it where the Miz would be like, you know, you're finally doing all the stuff that I told you to do. So we're talking about a decade-long story here that keeps on giving. That absolutely rocked. But then he starts going on about he doesn't like the people because they're not keeping a green enough footprint. Now, I put this out on Twitter earlier today at Simon316. Made me laugh. that We've got two characters. One that we're meant to hate because he doesn't want to be diseased. And the other we're meant to hate because he wants to try and save the planet. And the two responses that caught my eye were, well, the way he's doing it makes him one of these sort of out loud, mouthy, spoken, telling people what to do, which people don't like. I'm like, okay, that kind of works. The other one was, not my words. Uh, the words of somebody on Twitter, which is why I want to bring it up. They said, well, the WWE's major demographic is, you know, basically, you know, conservative. I can't remember the word, but they're saying that they they would want to boo somebody like Daniel Bryan. That is the worst argument I've ever heard in my life. And everyone's entitled to their opinion. But if WWE wants to continue being a worldwide company, even if that is the only people that are watching, I wouldn't necessarily book to them. It's like in many ways, they'd have to book to people like us because we'll watch regardless. But it's just, it's just not a reason to hate anybody. It's ridiculous. If you'd never watched wrestling before, and that's the people you have to think about. How do we make new fans? How do we get television ratings, which we're also going to get to, back to where they were? And personally, I don't think saying, or putting a dude on screen that goes, man, we need to save the planet, cause, and you don't do it because you drink like plastic. It's like, what? <laughs> There's nothing there. There's nothing that there. is too lightweight. It's not something I can really get mad about, and that kind of took away from me. And they're kind of the same character because it, well, the, the way they portrayed Dean Ambrose was so good in that segment. The promo he cut was great. The angle with Seth Rollins was great. Ambrose comes across like a heel, and it's the same with Daniel Bryan. That segment with the Miz was great. Everything he did with AJ Styles in the main event was great, but their motivations just don't. They just don't work for me. We don't need get rid of. The, keep everything the same. Get rid of the disease stuff. And get rid of the eco warrior stuff. And I think you've got fine characters. We're keeping it simple. We're not trying to be. Um, we're not trying to be over complex with it. So I, I just don't. I don't see the need to do it. I just. It, it just. It just. Look, many people are going to disagree with me. And again, I thought Dean Ambrose and Daniel Bryan were great. I thought they were awesome. I just don't like their motivations. You don't need to take something like, you know. Be, I don't think they've touched on the vegan stuff much. Maybe they have. But if you're a vegan, okay. If you want to make the environment better, yeah, that's probably a good thing to do. So, you know, it's oh I don't know. It, it was just strange. I found it a bit strange, but look, both those characters are great. I do think we've turned too many people heel. There's not that many faces anymore. There was a thread going around on Twitter recently you may have seen about all the people that they've turned, and it is ridiculous. Also, where did the big show go? Talking about turns, he's just vanished again. But that was my big takeaway this week when I was watching Raw Smackdown. I was like, these characters are oh, they're brilliant regardless. It doesn't matter what they do, really. But if they just removed those two little elements, I think we could do better with this and, you know, make them more long-term and make them a bit more smart and get new fans. Again, that's the plan, surely. Get new fans to watch. That's just what I thought. We shall see what happens. Uh, I do like it. I think Daniel Bryan's great. I hope Daniel Bryan holds on to that title for a while. Uh, I just think that The fact that he's been able to... It's weird, it's like the opposite of what you usually expect. When Daniel Bryan came back, he was kind of marginalised quite quickly, right? This whole dream return, and then after a month or so, he was just Daniel Bryan back on SmackDown, which was surprising given at the start of the year, if I had told you that Daniel Bryan was going to come back, you'd be like, what were you talking about? Um, But still, it had happened. Regardless whether it was good or bad or whatever, it has happened. So now it almost feels like he's found new life in this new character. And that's what you always need when you come back. You need something. You need something that people are going to be able to grab, uh, gravitate towards. And I think that's what it was. It was his character. So in that sense, I'm glad this has happened. I think he's absolutely going to smash it. I hope he beats AJ Styles at TLC. Don't know where that leaves that feud. But I hope they don't take the title off him. I think he needs the title for a long while, or at least a good few months to cement this character, let it you know, breathe and grow and develop and revolve and evolve, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I love Dean Ambrose on Raw. Other than that, and I love Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, other than that, that's all I'm saying, that's all I'm getting at. And I know a lot of people kind of feel differently, so, you know, but that's the good thing about wrestling. Um, Raw as a whole, I thought was far better last week, this week than it was last week, but it did, was the lowest viewership um, ever. <laughs> I think it was on par with the lowest one ever, which is bad, obviously, you don't need me to tell you that. Uh, I don't think it's a major disaster, Because, I mean, it was still, I think it was still the highest rated entertainment program other than football. Or after football, I should say. Uh, But also, December is notoriously crap in WWE. Like, I find a lot of people after Survivor Series, and even in the build-up to Survivor Series, they back off WWE. And then when the Royal Rumble build starts in January, people come back on board. Now, that's not an excuse. Nobody in WWE wants to be doing these low ratings. That's not a good thing. It doesn't make anybody happy. And yeah, it could be indicative of something bigger. It could be the audience. You know, that show last week, I think, was so bad, you could absolutely argue that it scared a lot of people off because it was the first hour that was the worst. Hours two and three were actually kind of normal and the drop-off was much less, but that's because people already dropped off. I think they did, what, a 2.6 last week in the first hour? And this hour did a 2.2. And that goes to show that people just did not want to watch. They didn't want to tune in because they didn't know what they were going to get. Mostly, you have to assume, because they didn't like what they saw last week. So in that sense... Yeah, it was bad. Hopefully, this uh, this episode steadies the ship. Um, the best thing to me was that people like Finn Balor, Apollo Crews, and to a certain extent, he's kind of, again, turning, helped each other out. And we never see baby faces helping each other out on WWE TV. It never happens. And that's why so many people look dumb. Because all the heels will team together to beat you up, and a babyface will just walk out there as if they want to get killed. And lo- the surprise, surprise, they get killed, and nobody comes to help them out, because they're all idiots. But here we had Apollo Crews coming out to help. Uh, I can't even remember who the hell it was now. But anyway, he was there. That was good. Maybe it was Finn Balor. It was Finn Balor in a match against Jinder Mahal. So that was awesome. Finn Balor obviously was helping out with Elias. Uh, and obviously the Dolph Ziggler, Finn Balor, and Drew McIntyre, thing. That's why I didn't like... I didn't not like it. That's too strong. I was a little upset. I, th- I thought it was a little uh, a bit of a shame when... Um, Drew McIntyre beat up Finn Balor at the end of the show because I thought if we can just get through one show where we don't have to get some heat and Finn Balor can act like a smart guy, I'd be all right with it. And that's not the worst thing in the world because Drew McIntyre is awesome, right? He, he, he's fantastic. He's being groomed to be the next top guy. He's got everything he needs to be the top guy. The promo cut on Raw was fine, you know, exactly what he needed it to be. The breakup between Dolph Ziggler was unexpected. There's no two ways to pretend otherwise. So it doesn't really matter that he whipped his ass because he's on. He's going to blow through Finn Balor and Dolph Ziggler and they'll be left behind. He'll go on to the top. But I just thought, 20 more minutes and we could have got to the end of Raw and everything would have been okay. Um, but I liked it. I like babyfaces helping each other out. Like Apollo Crews, for example, actually had meaning because he came out and helped out. So we, we could have done more than that. We didn't, which was a bit of a shame. Uh, the Nia Jax scream. I wasn't going to mention it, but I feel like I have to so bad, and I mean this, and I don't necessarily, I'm not as as down on Nia Jax as some people are, I do agree with some of the comments that have been made, but when you screech into the microphone to the point it hurts my ears, doesn't add anything to your presentation, didn't add anything to your promo, if I wasn't, you know, lucky I am, I get, obviously, you know, part of my job is to watch Raw, I would have turned it off, I can't remember when that happened in the show, but that would have been it for me, I would have turned it off, and I wouldn't have gone back I would have read the rest of the results online. It was awful. I can't even remember the last time it ever happened to me, to be honest. Maybe somebody else shrieking. Anyone shrieks into a microphone, man, woman, child, whatever, on any kind of television program, not just WWE, I can't watch it. I cannot watch it. It's it's dreadful. That was dreadful. I don't like being that harsh. And I'm never that harsh because I like to see the positive in everything. And again, I think Nia Jax with a you know, few more months, years under her belt will actually become quite, has the potential to be quite good. But that was dreadful. And I never want to see it again. Never, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my nails on the chalkboard. Don't scream into a microphone. Don't peek the microphone. I mean, my word. Genuinely, awful. Hence why I keep going on about it. We just need to move on and forget about it. But awful. I just want to make that clear. It annoyed me, clearly. It made me mad. It made me enraged. And it takes a lot to make me mad. Uh, moving over to SmackDown. I mean, I thought SmackDown was a fun show. It didn't really do much. It did everything it needed to do in the build-up to TLC. I can't believe we're still feuding between the New Day, Cesaro, and Sheamus and the Usos. What I don't get about it is I understand they have good matches, but it's the law of diminishing returns. You can only do it so long before I get bored. And I was, I'm was bored before I've even started watching it because I've seen it so many times. Everything Cesaro did was amazing, right? Absolutely incredible. But it's not enough to keep me to keep me coming back. And the strange thing is, you do have Gallows and Anderson. You've got the clones, all right, they're not great, but they are good, but they just haven't got a push properly, or they've never been given the faith in it. And you've got sanity. You've got all these teams right there that these three other teams could break off and have feuds with if we give it time and if we give it attention. But <laughs> I don't know. It was uh it's just strange to me. I just I just can't get into it anymore. Cuz what difference does it make who has the titles out of those three? If they keep fighting each other anyway. It feels pointless. That kind of ties into Raw, actually, with the revival, who. And Bobby Roode, and Chad Gable, and the AOP. All the, the tag team. is so weird. Back in February time, I think it was February, at some point this year, I actually thought the tag team divisions on both ends felt quite good. Like Even when the B team had the Raw Tag Team Championships, it was far better than it is now. And a lot of people said that was a joke, but now it just feels like it doesn't matter at all. Like, neither titles matter. I can imagine you could watch both shows and not even know who has the titles, to be honest. I forget who has them on Raw all the time. Like, AOP, ever since they've won the titles, have never really seemed to care. They were more interested in about Drake Maverick pissing his pants, and they're more concerned about Bobby Roode's robe. And again, over in SmackDown, the problem is we see it all the time. So that was kind of uh, sucked a little bit. Um, Raw versus Raw. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. I thought it was solid. I enjoyed that. Uh, I liked the running at the end by, well, the run-in, but the interference by Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is cutting the best promos in WWE. I don't even think there's an argument for that. Like, he he could read, I said this on SmackDown, ups and downs. He could read an instruction manual and make it sound terrifying. And that's what he did here. And the weird thing is, maybe it's Samoa Joe rather than WWE. But even though he's talking about Jeff's real-life personal problems, it's so well-balanced, I don't feel bad watching it. It just feels like it's tying into the story and isn't being done sort of grotesquely. And I'm going to put that down in large part to Samoa Joe. So that was good. Randy Orton obviously beat him again because, as I've now learned, if that Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy fight in 2018, Randy Orton must win. I know that now. I've learned. I've learned. I can move on to something else. Um, uh, the Becky Charlotte Oscar stuff was the best stuff on the show. Like, Becky Lynch is just great. We know that. She didn't even do anything anymore. She came out, cut a promo, signed a contract, uh, came back out during the Oscar Charlotte versus Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose match. But it's just working. I can't wait to see that triple threat match at TLC, a little bit worried that Becky Lynch may lose her title and feud off with Oscar so she doesn't get her WrestleMania main event and we may never see her fight Ronda again. Don't forget, that Ronda heat's vanished from social media, right? And Ronda keeps talking about Charlotte Flair. Hope I'm wrong. Just saying. Uh, But I think that'd be an intriguing match. I think it will be a good match. Probably the best match on TLC, at least the one I'll be looking forward to the most uh, when I came in. And everything else on SmackDown was fine. You know, we continue to tease something between The Miz and Shane McMahon. Still no fallout from that 6-0 Survivor Series drubbing. So that was pointless. Glad I bought into that. Um, what else did we see? The Rusev promo was odd. There ain't no two ways about that. But hey, at least he's in a few with Shinsuke Nakamura now. Nakamura wasn't even on the show. Uh, and everything else was getting you know, Oscar and Charlotte had that tag team match and they fell out and beat each other up. Like, I think it was, it was good... It was good. It was good. It just worked. It was, a, it was a fight. At the right now, for the first time ever since WWE has been touting on about the women's revolution or evolution, which everyone, evolution, obviously. Um, this is the first time it feels like it's not lip service and we've actually put in the time and we've got performers that have, you know, taken their game up to the point everyone else now needs to catch up. And that is what an evolution is. You know, they deserve to be in the main event. They are the hottest thing in the company and they've done that through the opportunity they've been given but also by the talent that they have. And there's nothing wrong with giving something lip service for a while, but you've got to have the goods to back it up. And that's why I th- that's what I think we have now. I think Charlotte, Becky, Oscar, uh, there's probably loads more. I mean, Sasha Banks-Bailey, they've been neutered a little bit, but, you know, they're still good. SmackDown, I think, especially has just proven that, again, you book, I, this is a terrible term, but, you know, you book the women like you'd book the men, and you don't put them into one segment, and you do treat them as equals, which you should be doing anyway, they can do it. They can pay it off. Uh, I guess Ronda Rousey is doing that on Raw as well. I actually like everything with Ronda Rousey at the moment. You know, she Ember Moon has replaced Natalia as her best friend because Natalia is injured. I just it, it's Nia Jackson Tamina. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Like more for me, right? Maybe it's my fault, but it's not for me. It's it, they drive me nuts. They make me do this, <laughs> and you know that's on me. And I'm happy to be criticized. Um, happy to be criticized for that. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's everything that happened in WWE this week. I don't think I've missed anything. I don't think anything's come out. I mean, I'll I'll go check. Uh, There were rumors that Hulk Hogan may be signing with the company. We'll address that when uh, when we come to it. I'm just going through some, what do you call it, Uh, news headlines here, just to make sure I haven't forgotten anything, because sometimes I do. I mean, all the XFL stuff got announced. I mean, you may be interested in that. It does tie into Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon also sold something like 20 million worth of stock or something like that. I don't know the exact figure. It could be more. Uh, But yeah, there was an XSFL conference today, a press conference. I haven't watched it. Again, I only just got in sort of 40 minutes or so ago. But Vince McMahon announced that uh, the league does start after February 8th Super Bowl in 2020. And the teams are Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa Bay and Washington. They kind of got leaked earlier in the week. Nothing too surprising. Look, man, I don't want anything to fail. I'm not about that at all. I want things to do well. I want things to succeed. And if McVincent McMahon can make this into something cool, then great. That's awesome. I don't think that absolutely you know burns anybody. It's going to be difficult because I think I can't remember the name of Dick Embersole's kid, but he's obviously launching a, uh, a B league. We'll call it in January of or February two thousand nineteen. So Vincent Man already has competition. But yeah, I don't want anyone to fail. I don't get a kick out of that. I, it means nothing to me. And if the XFL blows up, awesome. I don't see how that affects anything, and if anything, may even help WWE because it pushes the cash up. I know they say it's going to be separate, but it's all, it's all the same person's pocket. So that will be interesting. Uh, some of the comments did point out as well. Obviously, X Park versus X Park. Simon, your brain. I'm tired. Park versus well, Osprey was announced for Red Pro. I think in February. I think it's a couple of days before my birthday. So that will be exciting. So that's going to be badass and kind of negates all this worry about the NXT UK contracts we spoke about last week. There's still amazing matches uh, on the indie scene. Uh, you know all the NXT UK guys seem pretty happy from what I saw to me it's just a nice shift it's just a nice shift in proceedings so uh, yeah we we, we will see we'll see what will happen with that and that's it that's wrestling this week like I say we're in December everything calms down we kind of kick off January with Wrestle Kingdom 13 obviously getting Naito Jericho and uh, who the hell is Kenny Omega fighting Tanahashi right I can't remember my brain is fried but we'll kick things off there and then we'll fly up to the Raw Rumble, and I imagine interest in the product will will we'll pick up again. And yeah, and and we'll just uh, and we'll just see what happens. But yeah, you know, the, yeah, I, I think this week already, even though we're only on Wednesday, has been better than last week just because that episode of Raw wasn't ideal. But look, it's done. Baron Corbin obviously still features a lot on the show. That's either going to be good or bad, depending on whether you like Baron Corbin. I actually think he's quite decent in this role. When you take it back and think about what he was doing 12 months ago. I just think he's overfeatured. He's overexposed. But that's not really his fault. You know, he he can only perform in the in the in the in the situation that he's given. I do like Alexa Bliss's general manager. I know we are a bit bored of, of heel general managers, but she's just. She exudes the right presence to do uh to do uh, that um that role, I actually think there could be something in there. I wouldn't mind when Baron... If Baron Corbin loses at TLC to Braun Strowman and Braun Strowman is able to come back, if you want to make Alexa Bliss the general manager of Raw, I'd actually be quite intrigued by that. Yeah, There's just something interesting about Alexa Bliss in that role. Um, sorry, I'd be up for that. Uh, Jonathan Mbaye in the super chat. Hit myself right there. How much do I have to donate to find your age? That is a good question. Um, I don't know. Do I want to talk about my age? I'm early 30s. That's where you go. That for the, for the for the super chat, which I love, I'm early 30s. That's all you need to know. Uh, and I, as everybody already asked, I will be going back to wrestling soon. That's the other thing. Quick promotion before we do answer the questions. This week, Loaded returns. Make sure you check it out. That makes it sound like I'm on it. I'm not on it. But you never know what the future holds. So make sure you check out Loaded. Uh, a couple of plugs as we segue into the second half. Maybe a bit shorter this week just because, of course, I am doing this late if you are watching it live. And obviously, hello to everybody watching on podcast. Um, but YouTube.com forces the Miller Report rules. Come and subscribe. I'd appreciate it. At Miller 316 on Twitter and Instagram. Everything is always funded by patreoncom summer 316 and you can join my Facebook group, search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, so yeah, yeah, there you go. There, there's all my plugs. Let's let's answer some questions. Tristan Tan Whitcomb, not how you pronounce your name. Tristan Dan Whitcomb. Good evening. So looking at the Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins feud, how do you think it can be improved, and how would you book it? And do you believe Seth can be the main man in WWE, and why? Hope you're enjoying your December so far. I am, De- Tristan. I hope you are too. Um, how do you think it can be improved? And how would you pick it? I like the feud so far. I think they've got an intensity. I think they've, um, you know, they work. They got good chemistry together. They had good chemistry when they were fighting the other way around. And Seth Rollins was the, was the heel. I don't like the disease thing, as we've already talked about. But I think we can easily move away from that and still have good matches. That's the key. I think their match at TLC will be brilliant. I think they only can only have good, brilliant matches. So, I like it. What was the other thing you said? How would I change it? I don't think I would change it so far. I'd do less Roman stuff and, yeah, less disease stuff. And I do think Seth Rollins can be the man. I mean, the thing about being the man, I know it doesn't really work like this because it's all about what Vince McMahon sees. But in terms of me, to be the man... <laughs> You just have to be popular. That's it. The face of the company is the most popular dude, to me. I know that's not the, really how it works inside of it. So, but Seth is super popular. Everyone screams burn it down when he comes out. People love his matches. He's consistently over now. One of the top performers in the whole of WWE. So, absolutely, he can be the man. There's no reason why he can't. He's a good age. He's got a good look. So, Yeah. There's no reason why why he can't, but it all depends what WWE wants. And that's the key. Nick Palmer. How likely is it Lars Sullivan debuts with Dancing Girls and someone called my mama? Well, man, like you never know. I've seen so many people getting excited about Lars Sullivan. As you should, it's always good to see what happens. But you don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Brodus Clay, Clay had that huge build, video packages, kept being told tonight, 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 never was, and then he came out as a dancing dinosaur. I don't think they're going to do that with Lars Sullivan because I think they like him a bit, like him a bit more. That's the wrong thing to say. I just think they're not going to do it. That's just my gut feeling. The real question is, do we put him on Raw or SmackDown? That's the sort of meta storyline we've got going on at the moment. Part of me thinks SmackDown because I think he'd be better to thrive there, but it would make three hours of Raw more interesting if he turned up. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think he's just going to come out as a dominator, right? Come out as the freak, as they say. It'll be in- we'll see. We'll see. I don't know is my answer. I don't know. Uh, James Bronfeld. Never not going to say it. Thank you for all your positivity and awesome content, sir. Thank you, James. I appreciate that. With the legend that is the Dynamite Kid passing, does it bring into sharper focus the politics that surrounds the Hall of Fame? Should the person' personality be set aside and just the in-ring skill and impact on the business be considered, i.e. China, etc., and then brackets, not Benoit, obviously. Well, I agree with you there. Um, I don't know. I think it all comes down to the individual, right? That's hard, of me, that's hard for me to answer by myself. So, I, I mean, I will answer personally. I mean, I think you have to take it on a case-by-case basis. Dynamite Kid, yes, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. China, yes, I think she should be in the Hall of Fame. Chris Benoit, no, I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. So, it's not a a sweeping statement for everybody, but it is a shame that, I mean, would Dynamite Kid have accepted a Hall of Fame acceptance? Probably not, if we're completely honest, but he certainly should have um, been given the opportunity. Maybe he was, I don't know, but there's politics in everything we do in life, right? Even where you work, I'm sure there's politics, so there's absolutely politics in the Hall of Fame, but personally, do I think he should go in? Yes. He'd be in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, right, I presume, and that's kind of more of a legit Hall of Fame, which is nice, because if you want one, uh, it exists. Billy Radborn, how would you book the undisputed era's call up? I guess it depends if they're coming up as a group. I don't think they will do. I think Adam Cole will come out. If you're gonna do it, I do it like the Radicals. I always like the Radicals. Let them lead an assault or the Shield. That's probably a more modern version. Let them come out in the crowd and then let them lead an attack. But let them win. Do what the Shield did and not the Radicals. Actually, let them win. Let them go over. I think that's the best way to debut any group. It's why the NWO worked so well because when they first formed, they won and they kicked everybody's ass. So. Excuse me. Yeah, you've got to, you've got, you just got to treat them strong. That's all I want. I think, I think long term, I'd rather see Adam Cole by himself. I think, not that he has more potential than the others, but he has more potential in WWE with his skill set. But that's what I would do. I would keep them as strong as possible. Let them run through people. Just don't sanity them. What was the point of calling sanity up? Say we No Way Jose. Why was No Way Jose on Raw last week and not this week? It's just the inconsistency winds me up. I'm a positive dude. I like wrestling regardless, but it is a bit crazy. Uh, Usa Delane? I haven't pronounced your name right at all have I I tried my friend you slid how happy were you with the Rusev face promo on Smackdown Live well I actually didn't like it I like the fact that he's a face but it wasn't his fault he was way too scripted man that was the most, one of the most script. him and Randy Orton's promos were some of the most scripted I've heard in ages so in that sense, I was—I didn't think it was a good promo for him. I think he's got more under the hood than that. But yeah, I liked it. At least he's where he should be. He's going into a US title feud with Nakamura. If we build that right, super. Still don't understand why they did that stuff with Aiden English. What did that help? Who did that prove to anything? Aiden English could still be in that tandem, still be on TV, and would be adding something to that group. So I don't get that at all. And they were faces with him anyway. So that was very strange. Uh, Stephen Bayless. Do you think WWE should bring in a more rigid weight class structure and allow men versus women matches? No, I don't want to... I'm not a big fan of, of weight structures in wrestling because I like seeing people like Rey Mysterio take on Randy Orton. I don't think that would happen otherwise. Um, men's versus women's matches, I always put it down to the wrestlers in the ring or the company. If the company does want it, great. If they doesn't, great. If men and women want to fight, great. If they don't, great. I don't. It's, it's too much of a hot topic for me to, to talk about it. It all depends about the people in the ring uh, if they want to do it. I don't think you should ever say no. If, if a man wants to wrestle a woman... Um, then I, I just don't feel like it's my right to say, well, they shouldn't do it. Well, why, why shouldn't they do it? It's not my decision. I'm not Mr. Wrestling. That would be a funny if I was. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, but yeah, but no, weight classes, no. I don't mind the 205 Live thing. It gives it an interesting spin, an interesting gimmick. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see that, no. Uh, Daniel Hubble. With NXT and 205 Live being the standout shows, do you think the team of Michaels and Triple H eventually running the main shows will lead to WWE back to something respectable? Who knows, right? You don't know. Booking for those two things, I imagine, is a lot easier than booking for Raw and SmackDown. Let's hope that it does, because they'll bring something new to the table. And obviously, they've got years of wrestling experience. But you, you never know. You never know. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But fingers crossed. That yes, I think we should all be positive, and we should all hope that that is the case. But who knows? Right now, Triple H has proven it. Uh, Shawn Michaels has entered that fold, and he's shown that he can do it too. It's not like anything has suffered. There's every chance, and let's hope that's the case. Shout out to Charlotte in the super chat. Uh, love your vids, and just wanted to say happy Hanukkah to you. Well, Charlotte is very kind. Only a few people have wished me happy Hanukkah. I don't know if you are Jewish. If you are, happy Hanukkah to you as well. If not, happy holidays, as they say, and happy Hanukkah and happy holidays to everybody in the chat. That's very nice of you, Charlotte. I appreciate that. Puts a smile on my face. Um, James Iverson hey Simon hope you're well thanks man I really hope the Becky Charlotte and Oscar match leads to Oscar being back on the elite level again on WWE do you think she might win allowing Becky to win the Rumble and take on Ronda at Mania I think there's something going on here my worry slash hope because it works out depending on who you like more is that these four women Ronda, Becky, Oscar and Charlotte are about to split off and have two V2s which will then lead into WrestleMania could mean that Becky Lynch doesn't take on Ronda Rousey and that actually her concussion took away her opportunity but we don't know things can change all the time but I, uh, I I, I do like that Oscar is no longer... Oscar is over. She stayed over and she's really good. She should be in that field because she helps raise that field. You can't just have Becky, Ronda and Charlotte do the whole thing. And you can't do that with Oscar either. It's only four people. But it's still an extra body. So yes, I do like it. Uh, if someone put a gun to my head now, I would say Becky wins the Rumble and fights oscar at mania and charlotte takes on ronda or charlotte wins the rumble and then we all get upset but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it thomas speller which of sean michaels two wwe runs do you think was better that is a great question i think i preferred the second one only because i think i have more moments from it that i cherish more now his both runs were great. I don't think you... Oh, they're saying that I love Hell in a Cell 97. I love Raw Rumble 98, even though that was the, where he injured his back. Um what is a hard question. I think I, I think I will go round two, because I love the stuff with Hogan, even though it was rubbish. The Undertaker matches obviously were great. That Street Fighter SummerSlam 2002 was awesome. Jericho Fuka angle. Yeah, I think I think the, he had better be a with people that I prefer second time around. Although well, first time around, obviously everything with Austin and Bret and Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, that kicked ass too. And the Rockers too. But yeah, I'll go second one. Good question though, I like that. Adam Mason, hey Simon, I've always thought Smackdown was the better show. I'm a fan of Raw, but I prefer Smackdown. Do you think the same? And if so, when do you think it was the better show? I've always been on the side of the blue brand from the early 2000s. Do you know what? A lot of people accuse me otherwise on uh, sort of in the comments and stuff. I don't have a preference. I really don't. I just want to watch good wrestling. If Raw's good, great. If Smackdown's good, great. If somebody prefers either one, that's great too. But for me personally, no, I don't warm to either side. Now, if there's a wrestler, so say Brock Lesnar wasn't coming and going all the time and he was on Raw, I may prefer Raw because when Brock Lesnar's great, I really like Brock Lesnar. Same when Rusev was in his pomp, I preferred SmackDown because I was looking forward to SmackDown. Uh, Sorry, looking forward to Rusev. So, in that sense, it's... uh, you know, it's all about the stars for me, which is kind of ironic and kind of contradictory because everyone says WWE doesn't have any stars. But I have my own personal stars that, that I like. So, yeah, I don't really have a preference. But if other people do, I think that's good, right? It's nice to sometimes have brand loyalty. It's like when you go and you buy, I don't know, Head and Shoulders. I don't want to think about shampoo. I'm bald. But you buy Head and Shoulders over L'Oreal. I don't know. The point being that you're brand loyal, and I think that means you keep coming back. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, my man, Jonathan M. Bay, who really is my man. Double tap. Uh, in the in the super chat says, Kratos and Arteus versus Batman and Robin. Thoughts? Uh, Atreus, sorry, not Arteus, Atreus. That's hard for me. Can it not be Kratos and Batman versus Atreus and Robin? And then they can just, uh, Kratos and Batman can kill them off. Because I love Kratos, do not like Atreus. Love Batman, do not like Robin. So if we're going to do that tag match, preferably at WrestleMania 35. Let's get rid of Atreus. Let's get rid of Robin. Kratos and Batman can become tag team champions. Then they can split up and they can have singles runs. I'm alright with that, no problem whatsoever. Um, David Ayres, who do you think WWE will have Ronda Rousey face at Mania? As an Irishman, all I want is it for to be Becky, but I don't trust WWE at all. I'm the same as you, man. I think it's going to be Ronda versus Charlotte and Becky versus Oscar. That's what I think, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm being cynical. I hope I'm being too worrisome about what WWE's done before. But yes, I don't think that that is what they're going to. I just don't. And I have a worry, that's why Oscar's been putting the TLC match. It's going to take Becky's title away, and that steals her attention. However, saying that, if she wins it in December, we've still got four months till WrestleMania, so anything could change. But I understand your point. I certainly um, feel like I'm I'm on board with you, and I'm worried. Not massively, but there's a little thing saying, I don't necessarily think we're going to get what we think we're going to get. is going to trick you, not always for the best. Uh, Stuart Erridge, do you think they should do another gimmick battle royal at one of the Saudi events? One by Bob Backlund, obviously. I'm, I'd have no problem with any kind of nostalgia. I love it in video games. I love it in wrestling. If you're going to get out of Repo Man, especially, that never come back, tried to sue the company. I would be all right with it. I like weird things like that. I think as long as on the right show, it doesn't take up too much time and is well booked and isn't a waste of our time, then yeah, I got no problem with it at all. I think we could stand to have a lot more fun in wrestling than we currently do. I don't know, being a bit of a hypocrite because I've mentioned some things earlier on, but it's about balance. I don't think it's very well balanced at the moment, but I'd be up for that. Put the iron Sheik in it again and he can take 47 years to walk to the ring. Daryl A. Roberts, how would you book WWE for a year? I was thinking about this earlier because I laughed at a Twitter comment when a reply saying Simon should book WWE. And I kind of started thinking how hard it would be. Where do you even start? Like it's all well and good saying, well, I think that Daniel Bryan should win all the titles, but how do you get there? What kind of story do you do that the audience is actually gonna actually gonna buy in on? I mean, the first thing I would do, from a general point of view, I'd bring consistency back. The one thing that does annoy me, even in my positive state, if things aren't consistent. So if there are plot holes in the story, I do struggle to buy in because I see the plot holes. So I'd change that. I would try, not all the time because I get you do need the short-term stuff too, but longer-term storylines work better for me. I like invested. I like seeing the drips and drabs. And another huge thing for me is booking the women as you book the men, as we talked about earlier. So we don't just throw all the women into one segment. The women have their own segment, as makes sense. You know, if you don't have a role for Ember Moon on one show, you don't have to put her on. I prefer to see her on there. But much like the way that Chad Gable used to come and go, I don't like that either. My point being, let's come up with stories. Let's not have the need to overbook them or overblow them. And let's let them play out. And also, I get rid of scripted promos. I know some people needed scripted promos. But let them sink. And then give them a scripted promo. I think everyone should come in and start from there. And then you fall down. You don't go the other way and try and climb your way back up. Christopher Brown. Hey, firstly, did you hear the quick mention in the group of online wrestling pundits in the latest OSW episode? Uh, no, I didn't. I don't even know what that is. I need more. I need. Did you hear the quick mention in the group of online wrestling... I need more about that. I don't know what that means. So, any if you I don't I watch I watch OSW every now and then. I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, If you could tell what that means, that'd be great. (laughs) Also, do you think the potential AEW will have problems booking compelling stories? No doubt there will be great technical matches, but their core audience is so sold on all of them as people. It will be hard for them to have any true character development rather than just meta appreciation. That is a very good point. It is hard because we almost know too much, right? Maybe that's where you can argue social media does make wrestling very hard. We know the Young Bucks. And we know Cody Rhodes. We know Kenny Omega. We'll find out. We'll find out. I mean, it'll be a challenge. If anyone can make it work, it's certainly them. We'll see. I think it'll be a wonderful challenge. And if they do have the matches to back it up, I imagine good storytelling can just be worked um, on top of that. And Maybe we can use the fact we know them to work. It. If they can actually convince you that, The Young Bucks and Hangman page have fallen out. Maybe you'll believe it more, even though deep down you know it's a work, because you're so invested in them. It'd be interesting. Again, investment and buying in is is a huge thing. So I think it'll be intriguing, though. I want to see it. I really hope it happens. Even if it dies on its ass, at least we tried. And sometimes all that matters is at least we tried. Uh, Cameron Hayes Martin, what are your thoughts on the Nakamura-Rusev feud? And honestly, why do you like Ruru so much? I quite like him too. Just curious. As always, love the podcast and all you do. Thank you, man. Um, Look, I think the Nakamura-Rusev feud is good because before this, they weren't doing anything. Whereas, at least now, they have a feud and the US title's on the line. But it's... What was your other point? I forgot your other point. Now, why do I like Rusev so much? It's just one of those guys that I just... I think guys come along and girls come along every now and then that you gravitate towards and you don't really know why. I think I do know why with Rusev. He's funny. He made me laugh on social media and when he was throwing fish at people in what was one of the worst angles WWE's done in years he still he was still good in it. So I just like him for that sense and I think he's underrated. I think he deserves a better push than he gets. So I kind of feel like he's got the underdog quality to me because I want to see him do more. But I just like him. He's just got a likeable factor that speaks to me. It's why back in the day I used to love D'Lo Brown. I don't know why I used to love D'Lo Brown. But his head wiggle and his chest protector and his frog spots, I just liked it. And his entrance music. It won me over. And that can happen a lot with wrestling, I find, where it just it just gets in your head. And Rusev was all that guy. Uh, Thomas Sutton, hope you're having a great day and thanks for the cracking content coming to my eyes each and every week. Don't you worry about it, my friend. Thank you for watching. I was just wondering, how do you record the Why series? Do you write a script or think of a topic and just talk about it for a while off the top of your head? It's a bit of both, my friend. Um, mostly they are scripted or at least bullet pointed so that if I lose my way, I know where to go back to. But sometimes I do like to test myself and I come up with an idea and I will just cut a promo. That's, that, that's one of the reasons I do it. I think it's a great way that's not we're really being disrespectful i find both very uh, challenging in a good way um but i think i'd say probably most are scripted well you know we'll come up with a topic myself and the guys at what culture and then i, I mean, i'd say 90 90 percent of them are this and um, well they are and i'll sit down i'll write a big script i'll go through it i'll sit on it for a day or so i'll go back to it i'll tweak because i want it to be the best it can be but sometimes topics come up where i think actually this is more of a rant or rant and i think it would be better served in the way I wanted to deliver it. If I still come with bullet points and figure out what I would do, I have a structure in my head, but I kind of curb your enthusiasm a little bit. So I know where I'm going and I just try and figure out uh, how I get there. It's the same with ups and downs. I always write a script for ups and downs, but nine times out of 10, at the end of a point, I just go off on these crazy tangents as they come to me. And I quite like that. My big thing with all of them is I want to stress from my own point of view that I put time and effort into them and they're all like my baby. Sounds cheesy as shit and it's true, but I do put a lot of work in. Um... Yeah, I don't know why I threw that in. I just did. There you go, behind-the-scenes stuff for you. Uh, Ollie Sliff, reflections of the legacy of Dynamite Kid. Well, it's kind of weird because, I mean, I, I, I did get interesting when I was young, but I didn't have access to any of the Dynamite Kid stuff. So it wasn't really until I was kind of in my 20s that I started going back and understanding kind of his, his influence on the sport. But, you know, as a British dude, he was always, you know, somebody I knew of and was aware of and, and looked forward to, to finding out more about. And as I said earlier, I do think a lot of the style we're used to today – he has to be in the conversation for i think he inspired a lot of people uh, i think that inspiration continued today even though he had been estranged for wrestling for a very very long time he was an important cog in the wheel and there are so many wrestlers we don't even talk about the fact that he had such an impact on it is the reason you've probably seen so much outpouring of love today he made an impact uh, mark rory day is raw in the worst period it's ever been in I don't know, because I watch wrestling very differently from everybody else. I do think last week's episode was bad. I do think this week's episode was better, but maybe not up to the par we expect. There were still some weird foibles with it. But I still enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it not necessarily from watching it, but I enjoyed coming on here and talk about it with you. I enjoy going on Reddit and seeing what people are talking about, Twitter, social media, feedback. And I understand that it's not, um, what do you call it? It's not... That's not the TV product by itself, but to me, it's a whole experience. It all ties in. That's why I love wrestling in 2018, because we get to do stuff like this. And also, I'm like, if I've got to watch three hours a week, well, I get, I'm get i lucky to watch three hours a week and do what I do. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to entertain myself, because life's too short. If, if the little things wind me up, I'm going to laugh them off. And I think that's really important. Uh, my man, Jonathan by again. Man, triple heart for you today. Uh, Please explain the cultaholic what culture difference. Nice and simple, man. What culture is an online wrestling content provider? Cultaholic is the same thing. It's as simple as that. I got nothing but love for everybody. What culture will always be, uh, always be my home. Uh, you know, that's 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 where I am. Uh, that, that's what I love to do. But I love the guys at Cultaholic too. Nothing but love for everybody. Everyone out there doing the same thing. That's what I'm like, man. Just happy thoughts and smiles. Uh, smiles all around. Uh, Travis Martin, what's your favorite AJ Styles moment, not just WWE? Oh man, that's a question we're going to have to come back to. I did like his return at the Royal Rumble. If we are focusing, uh, his debut at the Royal Rumble, if we are just focusing on WWE, I got a real kick out of that. It was just a nice moment. I remember it and I remember the excitement. Uh, outside of that, probably his New Japan stuff because I, I used to keep an eye on New Japan because I felt it was important but it was New Japan... Uh, AJ Styles going there that really made me go I wonder what he's going to do and so he brought me across and I think anyone that has the power to, to to bring me across must say something about him and all is crazy I think probably as well is, is triple threat matches with Samoa Joe and um, Christopher Daniels in TNA I love those I thought they were awesome and actually no I have come up with a thing my favourite thing about AJ Styles is from nothing not nothing from Indy Darling to WWE Champion for over a year that's my favourite thing believe in yourself like AJ Styles what a hero that man is uh, Brett Lear, if WWE to bring back Wade Barrett, what band should he go for? Oh man, whatever one they're actually going to push him on. Wade Barrett is one of those things where, it j- just, how did they mismanage that guy? He had everything. He should have been the first British world champion, i uh, sorry, English world champion. It absolutely sucks that he wasn't. I just, I just can't believe it. I mean, he's happy, he's doing cool things, but he's such a nice dude. He was so talented, he had everything. The bad news Barrett stuff was getting over and then we pulled the rug Uh, And then we uh, pulled the rug out of it. So, yeah, that always upset me. But what brand should he be on? Doesn't matter. SmackDown. Probably get a bigger push on SmackDown, so put him on there. Uh, Charney Childers, great name. Hi, I hope you're having a fantastic day. I am, my friend. I hope you are too. What are your thoughts about the storylines leading up to TLC? And do you see any of them extended into the Royal Rumble? Absolutely. I think all the SmackDown women uh, will go on for a while. WrestleMania at the very least. Whether they split off or off, I don't know. I think there's something going on with the Miss Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan, and AJ Styles. How that works out, I don't know. But I actually think TLC looks all right on paper. As we round up, let's get the TLC card up. I'm sure it's not finished. But I remember looking at it the other day and being like, you know what? This looks all right. I'm actually quite excited about this. I know the build hasn't been great for reasons we've gotten into. But um, obviously we've got the mixed match challenge, final match, whoever that will be. But Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose, singles match. Braun Strowman versus Corbin, TLC match. Rousey versus Jack. Bryan versus Styles. Lynch versus Charlotte versus Oscar in a TLC match. Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. Lies versus Bobby Lashley. And The Bar versus The New Day versus The Usos. But I mean, they are all on paper good quality matches. Like, it seems very unlikely that any of them won't deliver... To a certain degree. Even Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey, they had a good match at Money in the Bank. So, yeah, in that sense, I'm actually really quite excited to, to, to for the actual event itself. I mean, whether or not they pull it off, I don't know. Um, we'll find out. I oh, you said the Royal Rumble, not WrestleMania. I think lots of them will extend there, yeah. But the weird thing is we get out of TLC. We then go into the Christmas period, which will be quiet. And, yeah, I think from early January onwards, we'll be built to the Royal Rumble it'll be two thumbs up. I'm confident. I'm going to keep everything crossed. I think we'll get back to it and we can all enjoy ourselves again. Hopefully people actually start coming back onto wrestling. Like, where's Andrade Cien Almas? Where did Zelina Vega go? They had they had prominent roles and now they vanished again. Naomi wasn't on SmackDown this week. Shinsuke wasn't there. It's very strange. It's very, very strange indeed. But hey, I don't book it. That ain't my job. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's all good, uh, and that's it. I think I think we've come to an end. I know it's a shorter episode today, but like I say, it's coming up to ten PM here in the UK. Not gonna lie, I'm just really tired, and I think I need to go to bed. But I didn't not want to smash a pro wrestling podcast out on a Wednesday. Um, if this is your first time watching, please know we do this live every Wednesday at two PM. That's the time. I'll always shift it around if I have to, but 2 p.m. is your time. Put it in your calendars. Make sure you join every Wednesday. And yeah, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. You're on it right now, or it's youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. Regret calling it that, but don't worry about it. And also, on all podcasting apps, go check it out there. Not only do you get a second episode a week, but you can listen to it in your ears, wherever you go. And won't that be nice? And of course, if you could support me at patreon.com. For West Simon 316. There's a link below if you're watching on YouTube, or you can just type it into a Euro. And if you only give me a dollar, I cannot express how much that helps me do this stuff. It's why when I do get trapped out in the day, and I get it at 9 o'clock, I'm like, you know what? I've got the time and the resources to do a podcast, because I've got loads of people supporting me. Again, sorry this one's a bit shorter. I just need to go to bed. Also intrigued about the Manchester United Arsenal score, and to watch the rest of NXT UK. I've got to do all this stuff, but it doesn't matter, man. That's why we live in an amazing age. You can go back... And figure stuff out after it's already happened. What a world. But look, thank you so much. Uh, Just have great times. Enjoy the rest of your wrestling week. Go watch some wrestling you love. Go put on a pay per view that you love that's going to make you happy. And yeah, my name is Simon Millat. Thank you very much for watching me. Click the wrong button there, but it's all good. Double salute, and I'll speak to you very damn soon.